So we've been talking about the characteristics of the real church. Will the real church please stand up? You know, it kind of goes along with the saying that you hear people in the world say every now and again. They say, you know, I'd rather see a Christian than hear one any day. I'd rather see a Christian than hear one any day. And the world is looking to see the body of Christ. What, what are they going to see? We started off a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, with boldness. I believe that the real church is bold. And boldness involves what, how we speak and what we say. Uh, the second week we talked about power. The power of the Holy Spirit should be in the church. They should know that we're full of the Holy Spirit. Last, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about demonstrations and manifestations and the gifts of the Spirit in the church. It shouldn't be strange that somebody has a, a tongue and an interpretation of tongue or a prophecy or somebody gets healed, right? It should be commonplace. We should expect that every week. God should be manifesting himself in the church. I went to a church one time that was, it was so quiet. And I was up in the balcony and I was watching all these people. I was excited about what I was hearing. And man, I was about to come unglued. But there were people all over just nodding their head off and just going to sleep. And something inside of me, I believe it was the Holy Spirit, said, why don't you just stand up right now and go, hallelujah. <laughs> but I knew <laughs> in my mind that I'd be probably ushered right out of there. <laughs> so I didn't want to shake them up because... Uh, I don't know. Let them sleep. <laughs> some people, some people, some people just want a taste of salvation. Man, I want to eat the whole thing. Give me all of it. Don't, don't hold anything back. Hundred proof. Give it to me. All you got. So this week we're going to look at this characteristic called obedience. The real church is obedient to God. Obedient to God. You know, parents teach obedience. Very first thing they teach their children is how to obey, right? Especially when the kid starts running. And I see every Sunday I'm back there by the door. And I see, you know, a little Ira. And man, he can, he can book it. I mean, he can run. And you got to be watching the kids because there's cars coming, right? And so you tell them, stop. Come here. You want them to obey immediately because delayed obedience is what? Disobedience. Disobedience. And that's kind of a side note for your parents to teach your kids. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You want them to obey immediately without exception. What I said to do, I want you to do it now because delayed obedience is disobedience. It could cost you your life if you wait, Right? And if we treat everything with that respect and everything's a matter of life and death, I think we get a lot of things done, right? If the Lord tells us to do something. Um, Jesus taught his disciples obedience, not only by what he said, but by what he did. In fact, Jesus said, I only, only do what I see my father do. Um, Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to start here. Mark 16 verse 15 Jesus said this before he left. He's teaching his disciples by example for over three years. 
He taught them by example. And parents, that's, I mean, you're teaching your kids by example. You wonder where they get certain things. You're like, where did you learn that from you? You know, if a bad word comes out of their mouth, you think, where did they learn that? Well, it's either the TV you let them watch or the words you let come out of your mouth because they mimic everything they see and everything they hear. But Jesus was teaching his disciples in order that they would obey him after he left. And so in Mark chapter 16, he says this, go into all the world, right? Not just sit in the upper room and enjoy the party, the Holy Ghost party. People like to go into the upper room and enjoy the Holy Ghost party. But Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. That's, that's very plain. You can't, you can't even mess that up. If you want to be scripturally literate and accurate. And, and then he says, these signs will follow those who believe. How many people believe this morning? These signs should be following you. Not you following the signs. Signs should not be attracting us. We should be leaving a trail of signs. Here's the signs. In my name they will cast out demons. That's at the top of the list. You have authority over the devil. So I could provoke you right now. And challenge you right now by asking you, how many demons did you ca cast out last week? <laughs> right? We should expect this every week. Are we saying that there's no demons that are around here? Because we live in America, the home of the free and the land of the, land of the brave and home of the free, or land of the free and home of the brave. Everything's peachy here. This is what we've been lulled into sleep for the past 50 years. Everybody steps foot on American soil as a, as, a, as a Christian. Listen, there's demons in America. Demons in Decula. Are you ready to cast them out? Yes. Well, if you're going to obey Jesus, guess what? You're going to get the chance to. Because he said, you'll ca if you're a believer, you're going to cast out the demons. Right? Not bow down to the demons. They will speak with new tongues. That's what Jesus said. And then it's explained over in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, right? And 14. He said, uh, they will take up serpents. Not literally. We don't have snakes here in this church. But we believe that if we got bit by a snake, like Paul did, right? That we could shake it off and we wouldn't die. If they drink anything deadly, or if they get around anybody with COVID, hello, <laughs> it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. And so Jesus gave us a preview of what he wanted us to do. He asked us to do this in obedience to what he did. He only asked us to do things that he did. And he said, in my name. So he shows us where the power is. 
He shows us where the authority is, and, and then he says, I'm giving you my name. Now go and do what I did. And he wasn't just making a suggestion here. Well, those who feel like they can, if you, if, if you wake up and you feel like you can, then, then you're permitted to. No. He said, go and do. Go and preach. Go and lay hands on the sick. Your hands are not what's going to heal people anyway. It's God's power. That's why he explained how to use his name. He explained how faith worked. He showed his disciples how faith worked. And so all we have to do is just obey him like children obey their parents. And so Jesus teaches us obedience by his lifestyle, but also uh, challenges us by his words to obey Obedience is a characteristic of the church that's, that's real, the true church in the earth. Yes. Mark, you're going to see Mark 16 be a part of the true church. Yes. In John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And you, you have to realize that when Jesus went to his father, uh, that, that, I mean, that didn't end his ministry. When he went to his father, he said, because I'm leaving, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the Holy Spirit is a paraclete. That, that paraclete is a help. Part of that Greek word is helper. He will help you do everything that Jesus did. He, he stands by you. He, he strengthened. He's a strengthener with supernatural power to do supernatural things. And when Jesus asks you to do something and, and you obey him to do something supernatural, the Holy Spirit is the one that comes up in you, alongside of you, to help you and strengthen you. Do what Jesus asks you to do. He never asks you to do something that you can't do. We just have to convince our mind that what Jesus said is true. Right? Yes. We have to grow up spiritually enough to believe. If we can believe that, that God sent Jesus and, and, and flesh and bones and blood and that he died for our sins, this is the same, that's that same belief that we believe that we can do what Jesus did and obey what Jesus told us to do. Right? Yes. How many... How many doers do we have in the house? How many obeyers? Are you willing to obey what Jesus said? Even at the expense of looking foolish, facing persecution, are we going to obey God or are we going to obey man? Are we going to obey our feelings? Are you going to obey your mind? Oh, just stay in the boat. I know Peter. Peter, Peter gets... He's, he's kind of like that, you know, he's, <laughs> he flies off the handle a lot, so we're better off if we just stay in the boat. No, Peter tested, he tested that, that, that step of faith when he stepped out of the boat. But he asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, if that's you, ask me to come to you. Jesus, uh, Peter wouldn't step out of the boat without the command from Jesus. It's obedient. Peter wanted to obey Jesus' words. Do we want to obey Jesus' words? 
You know, that's the test of true love. The real test, the true test of love. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. How many of you love God? I mean with all of your heart. You've said in prayer times, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, God, I love you so much. Oh, God, I love you like nobody else. Oh, God, I've got to have you. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I love you. First John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. God's not going to ask you to do something that he doesn't give you the strength, the ability, the wisdom, the knowledge to do it. We just have to trust him at a deeper level to be part of the real church so that we can do the real stuff that the real church does. Right? There's some churches that obey their denomination. Uh Uh-oh. They obey their denomination. Some churches obey their board of directors. I'll just announce to you, in case you haven't noticed, that there's a social gospel that is being preached in a politically correct church. And it doesn't make any waves. It just kind of keeps everybody coming back. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. But we just read the true test of love. If you love God, then you're going to obey him. But if I don't teach you what he says and what he commanded, then there's no obligation for you to do anything. Just keep coming back, hearing about how God loves you. God loves you. God loves you just the way you are. But from the word, we see that Jesus challenged his disciples. He said, here, I'm sending you out. I'm giving you the power. Go, cast out demons, raise the dead. He tested them out before he even left the earth. And so there is a uh, command to obey God. A command. God wants us to obey him. And obedience to God is not optional. He's not trying to negotiate. He wants our immediate and complete obedience. So let's talk about disobedience. Disobeying man. Because we go, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Peter and John, in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, were commanded by the government not to preach and teach in that name. Now, the government that they faced were the religious leaders of the day, but they were being shut down. They were being censored. They were being canceled. Right? Does that sound familiar to things that are happening today? Just don't mention the name of Jesus. You can teach in any other name, but just don't use that name because that name stirs the devil up and heals people. (laughs) That name. There's something about that name, right? So, when, when do we have the right to disobey man? Obviously, I bet you never heard a, serv- a sermon about how to disobey man. But, but here we go. In Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, Peter and John said, no, 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 no. We're going to obey God 
rather than man. Obviously, we disobey when they tell us to disobey God. And I've got some examples here um, that we'll get into in a minute. But when something that the government asks me to do is against God, we have the right to say no. No. Does God just expect us to roll over and play dead? No. Does he expect us to use our head? So I'm going to bring up two topics that are, it's going to trigger. I'm just going to warn you that it, the warning label trigger about to eject, about to uh, uh, launch, trigger launch, vaccine and mask. You must have this vaccine before you can Fill in the blank. You must have this vaccine before you can blank, travel, fly, get this job, shop. Hey, as a Christian, I get these questions. As a Christian, should I wear a mask? Well, is it a law? No, it's a mandate. It's a CDC suggestion. And they've gone back and forth and back and forth. Don't wear a mask, wear a mask. Now wear two masks. Next year it's three masks. Well, if you love your neighbor, you're going to wear a mask. My mom, when she was bringing me up, and maybe mom's watching this morning if she is. Hi, mom. I love you. Thank you for at least teaching me to think critically. Here's what my mom taught me. Hey. If your friends were jumping off the cliff, would you jump off the cliff too? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and as your pastor, I'm saying, hey, if the whole government jumped off the cliff, would you jump off too? No. Come on, guys. Well, the pastor's teaching to, to be uh, dis dissentant, disobedience, civil disobedience. Absolutely. Somebody's going to make me do something that is not, that is illegal or against the word of God? Come on. Here's the problem. The problem is that we've been taught to conform to the world so long that we do it without thinking. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. I'm glad you asked. Where, where do you find that in the Bible? <laughs> Romans chapter 12. Let's just camp out here for a minute. Sounds good to me. Thank you for asking. Guys, we got we to gotta wake up. The world is putting the church to sleep and the church is saying, Oh, could you just make it a little bit warmer? Could you just pull the blanket up just a little bit more? Could you, could you turn on the ceiling fan for me? Here's Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version first. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, not to the government. This is your true and proper worship. We worship God only. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. The message version says chapter, or verse 2 like this. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And there's a lot of Christians that have turned their brain off. And at the expense of feeling good, like you're loving your neighbor, you're not even critically thinking anymore. So when is the day that somebody stands up and announces, and who is that person that will announce, okay, everybody can take your mask off and breathe now. You think I'm pushing this, but the mask is just a start. Just a start. You guys are shaking your head, no. Hey, <laughs> what he's saying sounds really true. Come on. How about your company, the company that you work for? No Bibles on your desk. Take that Bible away. We wouldn't want to offend anyone. We wouldn't want anybody to get saved around here. I mean, after all, we got to make money. We're all about making money. This may be a time that you just quit where you're working and start your own business. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. You need to pray about that. I'm not telling you that's what to do. I'm not, that is not a word from the Lord. But listen, it's a little bit and a little bit, and the frog is getting hotter, and in a couple of seconds he's boiling, and it's too late to jump out of the, out of the, the right. pot after, after you're right. boiling. Anybody like boiled frog? Don't let the world squeeze you. One version says, squeeze you into its own mold. No scripture art on your cubicle. If I see that scripture art, if I see a scripture on your cubicle, I'm going to write you up. Don't talk about Jesus on the job. You can talk about Buddha, Muhammad, you can talk about anybody, but don't mention that name, Jesus. Now, is it different to live in a country that, has, that doesn't have a foundation of honoring God? How about Daniel chapter 6, when Daniel, uh, King Darius established a new law that prohibited worshiping God. Daniel did not obey this law. But rather, he continued honoring the Lord and the Lord's word. Another example, when King Nebuchadnezzar issued a government order to bow down and worship a golden image or be put to death, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not obey this law even unto death. Did they die? No. No. God saved them. And if God is for us, who could be against us? Esther, Pastor Sheila said this five weeks ago. Esther risked her life by going against the law of the land and approaching the king without first having been summoned. 
It was, she was going against what was written. And God took that situation and turned it around. And saved how many people? A nation. Isn't it amazing how one act of obedience to God rather than man can save that many people. Peter and John, when they were commanded not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus, they said, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. They were firsthand witnesses of the power of God healing a man that had been crippled from birth. That's in Acts chapter 4. And when the second time that they were arrested, they said, we must obey God rather than men. That's Acts 5.29. And they did not claim ignorance. They didn't say, well, we didn't know there was a law. We, 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 we didn't know that there was a law. They knew that there was a law. But they willfully disobeyed it in order to carry out the will of the Lord. So in Acts 5, 27 through 29, the, the apostles were forbidden to teach in the name of Jesus. And they were jailed for defying the decree. But they said, we, we must obey God rather than human beings or man. Obeying God is not negotiable. It's not negotiable. People's lives depend on your obedience to God. Here's one such person. The third and last point to this message. Are you an Ananias? Look at your neighbor and say, are you an Ananias? Ananias. Somebody said this morning, no, I'm not Ananias. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira. No. This is the other Ananias. <laughs> In Acts chapter 9, you have to qualify that Ananias, right? Got you thinking though, right? Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a believer. A believer. Imagine that. The same, like the same believer in Mark chapter 16. Those who believe will be doers of what God has commanded us to do. There was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. I like his reply, just like Samuel. Yes, Lord. Yes, everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Man, that was awesome. Just practice that. In the morning, wake up and just say, yes, Lord. It'll do two things. It will open your spiritual ears, but it will prove to God that you're listening, that he can speak to you because he has something for you to do. Yes, Lord. That's a powerful scripture right there. Verse 11, the Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Wow, if I was Ananias right now, I'd think, whoo, wow. <laughs> you know all that? And, and you don't have GPS or anything? Like, where's Straight Street? I've never been down that street. Huh. All this stuff, all that information just in a couple of sentences. And Ananias said, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias. I've heard many people talk. Notice that Ananias didn't say, Lord, you got, the wrong, you got the wrong Ananias. That must be the other Ananias that you're talking to. It's not me. He, he did not. <laughs> the one that's dead, right? The one that dies a little bit later in Acts, right? 
he did not, I want to make a note here, he did not say, no, Lord. He said, but Lord. I've heard many people talk about this terrible, the terrible things that this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And so here is Ananias, who is a believer, that is actually walking in a supernatural way. The gifts of the Spirit are operating here. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. God is speaking to him. He's going to go lay hands on this guy named Saul who was killing Christians. So write this down. When God's telling you to do something, he's not looking for your opinion, just your response. He's not looking for your opinion. I'll kind of take a little side note here. You remember when angel Gabriel appeared to Mary? He said, you're going to bring forth... Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And she said, Lord, how can this be? She didn't say, uh, I don't believe. She stayed in faith, but she received further explanation. Same thing here. Sometimes the Lord will further explain what he's asking us to do. But we have to be willing to do it first and not... Tell him your opinion. Well, he just wants your response. If you were Ananias, would you obey? Take the, the, the chance that this guy who is blind, who was killing Christians, and he has his posse around him, his gang around him. If you came in there and told him this story and he was angry, he could have you killed. Right? But the Lord prepared him because he was willing and obedient. We have to be willing and obedient. Would you be willing to be Ananias? And would you be obedient like Ananias was obedient? God's wanting to do these same supernatural things today. But he needs people that are willing to obey. And obey quickly. And not ask questions. that are doubting and unbelief, right? Imagine if Ananias had not obeyed. The gospel would not have gotten to the Gentiles through a man named Saul. Saul may not have received his sight. Things would have changed. But because this one guy named Ananias obeyed, there was a, a course, a sequence of events that God had planned to happen. This is the real church. We are the real church. Are, are you an Ananias? What's, what's this next week going to look like ahead of you? What are you expecting? Are we just expecting to come here on Sunday morning and, and see manifestations of God here in this building? Or when are we really going to get hungry and... and passionate about desiring the gifts of the spirit and the demonstrations of God's power and love to be displayed outside of these walls.
You say, well, I'm only just one person. Well, so was Ananias. Doesn't even say what he was. I mean, he may have been a, a carpenter or who knows. Who knows? But one thing he was, was he, he had ears to hear and he had determination to obey against possible uh, death them telling him he was crazy where did you hear this what an absurd story so the question that, that I want to leave you with this morning is will you say yes yes Lord yes yes you know that was part of uh, Eli's responsibility I guess part of his plan that God had him to teach Samuel how to say yes to the Lord Samuel was a child prophet but he needed to hear the Lord and then obey what the Lord told him to do I believe there's a lot of things that are there that are happening right now and will continue to happen through the church as we're sensitive to his spirit and we obey him quickly quickly we we don't have to announce it to everybody just go and do what he told you to do and let the results be him belong to him the results belong to God right somebody said duty belongs to us and the results belong to God yes somebody said that yeah and we can all say that say the duty belongs to me and the results belong to God he just wants to know if he can use us so that's why I like, to, I like to end most Sundays like that. Lord, we're here. It's not about Sunday. It's about Monday. It's about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Who are you going to come in contact with? Who needs a word from God through you? You say, well, I haven't studied the Bible for very long. That's okay. There wasn't even a Bible written when Ananias was living. God gave him a download of everything that he needed to know. And then told him to go lay hands on this man. Because he was a believer. Ananias was a believer. Are you a believer? Yes. 